Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. Right now, we have an urgent need for prayer in the nation of Nepal. There's been an earthquake, and we need help there immediately. That was the nature of the text that I got from our Back to Jerusalem missionaries that are currently working and serving in Nepal. Over the weekend, Nepal was smashed by an earthquake that registered about 5.6 on the Rector scale. Um, Buildings were toppled. Homes were destroyed. At least 157 people are known to have been killed and are being pulled out of the rubble. There's probably more bodies that will be found in the days to come. We're in the very early stages of the earthquake. The Back to Jerusalem missionaries that are serving there that can't be named because of security reasons, and I can't even give detail of how many there are, but I can tell you that there are several Back to Jerusalem families that have been working and serving there since April of 2015. About eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now, in Nepal, there was a massive earthquake that hit just around the areas of Kathmandu where over 8,900 people were killed. Tens of thousands of people were left homeless. And the Back to Jerusalem missionaries responded in such an amazing way. You see, when the Nepal earthquake hit, I remember clearly, there were people from around the world that were responding. The United Nations was there. NGOs were there. Nonprofit organizations from around the world were there. All the big names of uh, International Aid Relief Agency, Red Cross, um, Red Crescent, World Vision, Samaritan's Purse. They were all there providing the aid that was needed at that time. After the initial response, the news crews slowly began to disappear. As the news crews disappeared and the story moved somewhere else, many of the relief agencies also left one by one. And and that's just the nature of disaster relief. You're there for disaster relief. So when you've provided relief to the disaster, your job is done and they leave. But the Back to Jerusalem missionaries were there for the long term. They arrived in 2015 to help with the disaster areas to be together with the people as they rebuilt their lives. That means the initial stage of providing that aid for those that have lost everything in those very first hours of loss. Loss of life, loss of home, loss of food, cooking utensils, clothing, everything in your life gone. Many people lost family records, birth certificates, marriage certificates, death certificates. Many people lost photos, photo albums that will never be replaced of loved ones that they have no other record of. Pictures of 
fathers and grandfathers, some parents with deceased children, that all they have left is the memories of the items in their home and those photos, and those photos are gone. 2015 in Nepal, not everybody had a lot of photos that were up on digital servers. They only had tangible photos, you know, like the kind that everybody used to have. Photo albums, family books, gone in a second. The Back to Jerusalem missionaries were there to help provide food, clothing, shelter, blankets, first aid kits, cooking utensils. But after that initial relief effort, then they began to plant churches, start businesses, build relationships, and help families to go into that next stage of life, the recovering side of life, where physically you start to build your life back again. You start to get your job back. You start to uh, look for other properties to buy or rent and move into. You start to buy furniture again. You start to build up your kitchen and your bedroom again. You start to make life normal again. And then you deal with that post-trauma. And many of the people that live in Nepal are either Hindu or Buddhists. They're kind of right there on that bridge of Buddhism and Hinduism, that bridge between Tibet and India. It is actually in Nepal where you have the birth of Buddhism, where the kingdom that was, that was a part of the Guantama Siddhartha's family kingdom was there in the nation of Nepal before Nepal was a nation. And you have that bridge between those two world religions and all of the gods that they have in Hinduism and all of the gods that they have in Buddhism, which is based on Hinduism. A lot of people don't realize that. I know that when I say all the gods in Buddhism, a lot of people are like, well, no, there's not a lot of gods in Hinduism. Yes, you have, if you don't believe that there's a lot of gods and goddesses in Buddhism, then you obviously haven't been to a lot of Buddhist temples where the elaborate art will show you the different levels of heaven, the different levels of hell, the different gods and goddesses of heaven, the different gods and goddesses of hell and demons because it's based and derived from Hinduism. Of all the gods that they have, of all the ceremonies that they celebrate, of all the books that have been written, and if you've ever been to a a Buddhist temple where monks study, or you've ever been around a Hindu temple where the priests study, you'll find ancient writings in Sanskrit that go back hundreds and hundreds of years with all kinds of different teachings and remedies and ceremonies and prayers. Of all of the depth that, the, that these priests and these monks teach day in and day out, they cannot find the answer for those that are suffering from loss, from those that are going through post-traumatic stress, for, for those that are suffering from the, the grief of a lost child or a loved one or a parent. And the Back to Jerusalem missionaries have been, been able to build up relationships 
and provide the answer that so many people are looking for that they can't find in any of the religions available in Nepal. They're able to share about Jesus and start churches and fellowships and home groups and Bible studies and baptizing new believers and helping those new believers build a new life that influences their area, their family, their neighborhood, their society. And they've been working there for the last eight years. And now an earthquake has happened again. And I got an, a, a text message from our friends and then I called them and I talked with them. We sent aid right away. We sent an urgent uh, wire transfer fee of 10,000 or not a fee, but a, a wire transfer of 10,000 US dollars. Not a lot, but it allows them to get going right away. And that is a direct result. Before we even raise the first penny, before we get even the first donation online, specifically for Nepal, we're able to send 10,000 US dollars. And the reason we're able to do that is because we have so many prayer partners around the world that have joined into our gatekeepers. And gatekeepers are partners of ours that pray for Back to Jerusalem in the Chinese underground church every single day. And every month they donate a certain amount. And those donations are able to be used to help individuals that are finding themselves in a complete disaster like we have in Nepal. So before we even raise the first penny through disaster relief, we're able to use that support from our gatekeepers to get to the Chinese workers so that they don't have to wait. They don't have to sit there and wait for us to raise penny by penny by penny. I mean, it might take us 24 hours to raise $10,000 online. It might take us a week or a month. Right now, the people in need don't, don't have a week or a month. They need the help right now. It'll take a lot of big organizations, even like the Red Cross, as they pack things, as they get things onto airplanes to fly into Nepal. It'll take some time before they can do that. We can do a bank transfer much quicker into the nation of Nepal. The Chinese that are there are able to purchase and obtain the supplies right away that are needed, load them up on trucks, and drive the 600 kilometers to the area that is the epicenter of the earthquake zone to provide the materials that are needed, to provide the aid that is needed, to provide the comfort that is needed. And hopefully we will be able to add to that in the coming weeks because the needs will also be changing. So we may not be able to help in a big way, but we identify the small areas where we can have the greatest impact. And then we continue to invest in the lives and the people and the families in those areas. And so it does my heart so much good to partner together with the Chinese missionaries who speak the Nepalese language that have been serving there with the people. They understand the religion. They understand the challenges. They understand the culture. They understand the, the, the people. And they're able to help in a servant-like way with immediate resources that are provided by our gatekeepers and friends and listeners like you. 
If you are listening to this podcast and God is speaking to your heart to be a part of the Back to Jerusalem vision, to help these Back to Jerusalem missionaries, to provide more aid, you can go onto our website right now and make a donation. Every single penny, 100% of everything that is given to disaster relief. You'll, if you go to the donate button on Back to Jerusalem and you push donate, it's in the upper right-hand side of our website at backtojerusalem.com. You can go to our website at backtojerusalem.com and hit that button. It's a big red button on the upper right-hand corner that says donate. Once you hit that, you can make a general donation or you can put see more options and you click on that button and you just follow that down until you find disaster relief. 100% of everything that is given to disaster relief this week between November 6th and November 15th will go to Nepal. 100%. Back to Jerusalem missionaries are praying and they're asking for us to pray together with them. As you're sitting in your car listening to this podcast, as you're at the gym listening to this podcast, as you're washing dishes listening to this podcast, as you're sitting at home or in your office or in your church listening to this podcast, would you consider to pray? Just stop, put pause, hit the pause button. If you didn't hit the pause button, then immediately after this podcast, pray for the nation of Nepal. Pray for the missionaries that are serving there. And consider joining together with them. Help them provide more aid. With, with just another $10 donation or a $20 donation or a $100 donation, you can help the Back to Jerusalem missionaries reach one more person, reach one more family, provide one more bag of rice, provide one more liter of cooking oil, provide one more first aid kit. Because we target smaller areas and we're not a big organization, every single dollar makes a difference. Every single donation has an impact. I want to thank you so much for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. I pray that it prompts you and your church and your Bible study and your fellowship to pray for the nation of Nepal tonight and to stand together with the Chinese missionaries that are preaching the gospel in that nation. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. God bless.